0: Today we talk bounce rates and is a high bounce rate always a bad thing and 10 reasons why marketers love Snapchat. Marketing, advertising and sometimes a conversation. This is the Brand Boost podcast. Whenever you're listening to this podcast episode, happy to have you here. Talking about bounce rates and Snapchat, bounce rates, you may ask. Um, Yeah, bounce rates, your website. You know, it's a question that I've been asked in agency work and people are like, well, is a high bounce rate a bad thing? And, you know, people get obsessed with analytics and sometimes it's that whole paralysis through analysis and... And and, you know, knowing what bounce rate does, knowing what it's all about is, uh, uh, is really of the utmost importance. And you know, when prospective customers ask or when we ask prospective customers, if they know how, you know, their website or their social or anything is performing, they always look at bounce rate or some other Google Analytics, you know, standard metric. Pages per session, time on site. And some have the assumption that a bounce rate above X percentage is bad. But what is a bounce rate? Let's start with that, first of all. The percentage of visitors who enter the site and then leave bounce rather than continuing to view other pages within the same site. So I'll let you draw your own conclusion. Is a bounce rate... A bad thing or is a high bounce rate a bad thing well sometimes how a high bounce rate is okay uh, metrics like bounce rate should be looked at on a case-by-case basis to determine if it's good or bad for example the bounce rate for an entrance page an entrance page by definition is any page where people enter the site from from whatever traffic source they're coming from it might seem like a high percentage. Let's say it's over 70%. Many people would assume it's bad because that means that most people are viewing this page and going no further in the website. Okay. However, a web page may do a good enough job of satisfying a searcher's inquiry without them having to go into the site. So for example, if somebody searches a specific term, how many websites use Google Analytics, let's say that's the term. They may find an article on your website and read that estimates suggest 30 to 50 million websites use Google Analytics. Well, now they're satisfied with that answer and they don't have to go any further into the site. So depending on how specific your SEO strategy is, your SEO on your website, your landing pages are, the high bounce rate may not be a bad thing. The same is true for other general site metrics like time on site. People often think that the higher time on a site or large number of pages per visit is always good. In actuality, people might be struggling to find what they're looking for on your site. So maybe they're just clicking around the site, which adds to the page per visit and time on site numbers, but in fact, A large percentage of these people may actually be getting frustrated and leave the site without taking action. So again, I ask you, is bounce rate necessarily a bad thing? There's also irrelevant traffic. Most often people quote the bounce rate they see in the audience overview in their Google Analytics section. And if you don't know where that is, I encourage you to take a look at your Google Analytics account uh, and become familiar with it but that's a site-wide bounce rate, the percentage of single page visits across the site for all pages, all traffic sources. It's not unusual for much of the traffic to a website or a specific web page to be irrelevant. So it shouldn't be a surprise if those visitors leave the page without going further into the site. Another thing to look at is the is focusing on traffic segments instead of worrying about this site-wide bounce rate. Let's examine entrance pages for a specific traffic source or even a specific keyword if you're running AdWords. Uh, Unfortunately, a large percentage of of organic keyword traffic is no longer available on Google Analytics. Uh, You can do this by looking at the traffic segments in Google Analytics. Uh, You know, the bounce rate for visitors who search on a specific relevant keyword and then clicked through to a website is compared with the bounce rate of all the traffic to that same website. So the bounce rate for that specific keyword could actually be less or more than all the traffic to that site. Well, how do you improve bounce rate? After you've taken some of the previous steps uh, that we've talked about, and I guess they're not really even steps, but some of the ideas and, and put them into motion. And you really hone in on traffic sources and entrance pages, you should try to improve these bounce rates for relevant traffic. The issues that affect bounce rates are mostly user experience or tracking issues. So I'm just gonna give a couple suggestions and then I'll hope that you can dig a little deeper into that. Measure and improve the conversion rates of meaningful actions on the site. So set up tracking for meaningful actions that are related to your goals or your company's goals for the website and work to increase those conversion rates for the goals. Uh, This could reduce your bounce rates at the same time. I would encourage you to test more prominent links to important pages and more calls to action. If you test adding more calls to action or prominent links to pages in the typical paths people are taking, um, that could increase your conversion uh, or or decrease your bounce rate. Uh, When you persuade people to click to other pages in a website, your bounce rate will go down and obviously you're you're, you're putting them into some sort of funnel that's increasing, hopefully, your conversion rates. Uh, I would also say set up site phone call tracking. Uh, If a significant percentage of visitors to an entrance page take some action that isn't measured by the analytics system, such as calling a phone number that appears on the page, then their visit will trigger a bounce if the session ends without going further than the website. If you set up a dynamic phone call tracking system that rewrites phone numbers on web pages with tracking numbers, um, that won't be those phone calls are, are tracked and not reported as bounces. Uh, you can set up event tracking for email addresses. You can also make sure that you don't have a ton of off site links. You know, Putting links to other websites on your entrance pages might entice people to click away from your site, which increases your bounce rate. Uh, check your page load speeds. That's a huge turnoff for many people. If they don't get their answers right away, they'll leave. And then check the experience from the user experience from the mobile device. I always, always check from my mobile device and see if I'm getting a poor experience. Is it slow? is it you know is it heavy? Does it feel heavy to me? Uh, do I get the information I want? Is it easy to read from the mobile device? I, you know, one thing that I've learned is focusing on a mobile first strategy as opposed to mobile friendly and that's really really helped with a lot of uh of our clients as well as our own content and information on our websites so those are a couple tips tricks things to think about uh, for your website bounce rate a little bit of seo talk figured it was a nice time to talk about that because i've been getting a lot of those questions lately so i also mentioned at the four that we're going to talk about yet again, Snapchat and you know, Snapchat is just it's taking marketers and brands by storm. Cloud peeps had a blog that gave 10 reasons why marketers should take Snapchat seriously. I read the article. I like all the points. So I wanted to read them here on the podcast. Uh, Snapchat is really like the millennial's dream. You share whatever content you want, let it disappear within seconds. It's perfect for those that are always distracted. Um, With Snapchat, you really consume bite-sized portions of content for entertainment or education, and then you move on. It's there. I got it. I'm good. I don't need to look at it again. If Snapchat still sounds like a waste of time to you, Think about your audience, but here are 10 reasons why it shouldn't sound like a waste of time. It's a quick way to reach a massive, influential audience. In 2015, 6 billion videos posted every day to Snapchat from its 100 million daily users. It sees 7 billion video views, which is inching closer to the mighty Facebook's 8 billion daily views from its 1.5 billion users. And we're not talking about just any users here. We're talking about specifically millennials aged 18 to 34 who make up one quarter of the U.S. population, 80 million Americans with $200 billion in annual buying power. This is a generation of influencers with those older and younger looking to them for the latest in food, fashion, music, culture, and technology it is no surprise that millennials are spending 86 hours a month on mobile apps. Of those, Snapchat has the sixth highest concentration of millennial users among mobile apps at 76%, meaning Snapchat and its content has their attention. Snapchat's adding a chat function, making it a must-have. Okay, according to The Verge, Snapchat is working on a new chat interface, which will make it look a lot more like a traditional messaging app. Less and less young people are using Facebook. And it looks like Snapchat is going to be filling the messaging void. Users are already relying on the app to communicate with friends on the platform, so why not add a function that can increase or replace text messaging? Evan Spiegel, CEO's Snapchat, said in The Verge, we're trying to rid the world or we're trying to rid these weird boxes that we put media into and get to the essence of conversation, that we're both here. The essence of conversation is not which media format we choose to talk to or talk to each other with, so we don't differentiate between snaps and chats. It's just someone wanting to talk to you. For brands, this means being front and center on what could be young people's primary channel of peer-to-peer communication. Interesting. Soon enough, it will no longer be just for teens. According to Comscore, Snapchat reached 15% of the U.S. adult population in the second half of 2015. If history repeats itself, as it often does, Snapchat is on the verge of infiltrating the mainstream, adults aged 35 to 44. Currently, 13% of the demographic is on the platform, projected to grow to 15% by September of this year. Older millennials and Gen Xers are adopting the service at an accelerated rate. The app saw growth of 59% last year to 40.3 million U.S. adult users and 69% among people aged 25 to 34. Uh, the audience is hyper-engaged. The average open rate of email newsletters is 25%. Uh, in comparison, Gary Vaynerchuk says that if you have 1,000 Snapchat followers, 900 of them will watch your story. Taco Bell says 80% of their over 200,000 Snapchat friends open their snaps. And according to VentureBeat, of Snapchat's 100 million daily active users in 2015, 65% of them actually contributed content of their own. Think about it. This is not just for little kids. Brands, Gen Xers, this is happening. People are using Snapchat. Um, number five, it's a fun and effective way to showcase company culture. Uh, I like to follow Gary Vaynerchuk's Vayner Media, and they do a great job of showing off the different associates and interns and their day. So it's a great recruitment tool to tap into the market you're looking for to hire from. Uh, Adweek says Snapchat is becoming the hottest s- social tool for ad agencies from recruiting to winning new business. If the agencies are seeing potential on the platform, why not jump on yourself? Uh, Snapchat also offers a new way to break news and trends first. According to Adweek, Giant Spoon started pitching briefs and random digital marketing data to clients via Snapchat last month. After learning from a meeting with Reddit, 47% of Redditors are female, it- posted a quick video of an employee breaking down the stat on Snapchat. Next time you go to share an interesting stat on Twitter, create a video on Snapchat first, see what happens. Number seven, Snapchat leverages direct to audience video interactions. You can send quick personalized video message to a customer and that can be a powerful, powerful effort. Imagine being able to solve a customer service problem, answer a question or announce the winner of a competition directly within seconds. Uh, number eight, it's a powerful vehicle for influencer marketing. I'm not going to go into influencer marketing here, but it's a you know influencer marketing is a is twofold with Snapchat. For one, it's a great place to connect with influencers, but these audiences are, are engaged and connected, and they're waiting for the next snap or story. So if your brand is big enough, big enough, partner with a celebrity to share snaps about your product or service, and a celebrity doesn't necessarily have to be Eva Longoria or Matthew McConaughey or LeBron James, it can be a Snapchat celebrity, which there are plenty to go around. Number nine, it's really shaping how we communicate. As we've mentioned before, Snapchat is becoming the catch all for young people's uh, connectedness. They're using it to share videos, photos, they're going to be using it for text more often. Um, so, you know, we're using it for text now, but. If they, make, if they put this into play where it's a more robust messaging platform, you won't need another app. This is the app for all things. Uh, it's social. It's fun. It's peer-to-peer. It's one-to-all. It, it's a broadcast tool. It's communication method. So there's so much to do with Snapchat. Um, and number 10, your content will never be lost during busy time. Unlike a lot of the social networks, when you push content out, um it gets lost it can get lost but sending a snap is like sending an email to an inbox but people are actually opening them so there's no getting lost in the noise or worrying about the shelf life of your content your snapper story sits there until your friend or fan opens it it's a really impactful way of building a relationship with your audience and um, and i you know I, again all these these reasons were ones that i stand behind so that's why i read them here on the podcast thanks to cloud peeps for the awesome article but I hate to use the word keeping up with the Kardashians, but let's say keeping up with the Joneses because that's uh that was something I was raised with. My dad always said hey, don't need to don't need to keep up with the Joneses. You know, you don't always have to be like everyone else next door or in your social world. But every social platform is not gonna be right for you. It's healthy to get out there and test new strategies and see what works. So be open minded, forward thinking. You'll always be one head one step ahead of the competition, but you're also allowing yourself to think strategically and creatively. And Snapchat is giving you the opportunity to be to create. It doesn't have to be a huge long effort to create a Snapchat story. So I highly, highly recommend checking out Snapchat uh, if you aren't already. And I ho- I'm going to keep putting out Snapchat related content here on the podcast because it's questions I get all the time. So, whatever I can do to give you the, um, the impetus to try it out, if you're not already, is what I plan on doing. Again, reach out to me. Let me know what you plan on doing with Snapchat. Or if you have questions about bounce rate, reach out to me on Twitter, at Vincenzo Landino. Or snap me, because it's just what we do. Snap me. Vincenzo Landino is my handle. And until next time, maybe tomorrow, ciao. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to BrandBoostCast.com forward slash subscribe.